Welcome back to the One More Try podcast. This is your host, Frankie Galland. In this podcast, we discuss the journey from skateboarding to sobriety. It's April 3rd, 2020. As you all know, we're in the midst of the COVID-19 world pandemic. Just wanted to say that for posterity's sake. Down the line, probably listen back to this and and think, what the hell was I doing making a podcast? <laughs> but uh, all jokes aside, it's been a tough journey for many of us with the sheltering at home, quarantining, and social distancing that's kept many of us from our day-to-day activities, as well as keeping us from going out and working and making a living. So those are added stresses especially to folks who are sober. It's a challenging time. Many NA and AA meetings are not meeting in person, but you can find most of them online and through teleconferencing applications. So check with your local chapters and find a meeting to attend virtually if you're feeling the itch, possibly to drink or use drugs. Yeah, it's difficult, you know, isolating, staying inside, being with our thoughts. It's challenging. One way I'm trying to cope is I'm doing the spiritual thing, trying to meditate each morning, getting out for walks, talking to friends, meeting with friends online, and sharing what I'm going through as well as being there for others to do the same thing. So that's important to have our peer support groups, our family support groups, And of course, our AA support groups to turn to during this time. No one expects you to shoulder the weight on your own. So please reach out. If you want to talk to someone, drop me a line. One more try podcast at gmail.com. Definitely try and help. Also, sober folks, please let me know how you're getting on during this hard time. What your methods of coping are. Our next guest is Pat Smith. Just a quick note, Pat was one of the first guys that I interviewed about a year and a half ago, and the project was mostly going to be a photography project. I had mentioned that on the first episode, so when Pat and I got together, I was totally concerned about the photo. I was a bit absent from the actual interview as well as making too much of a ruckus, taking photographs. So the whole interview suffered. But I really wanted to get Pat's interview done, so I contacted him, and he happily agreed to give it another shot. Pat will explain how his worldview was quite wide before he got involved in drinking and drugs, and then how his world started to shrink because... Ended up just going to the bars by his house or just using and abusing at home. You know, that's the easiest way to do it, right? That's why trying to let you folks know you're not alone and to reach out if you need help. Don't want everyone out there suffering at home during this time. Pat's also the founder of Coda Skateboards and he's going to let us know how it was to run a business both as an addict and then on the other side of that. 
and the challenges that he faced and was able to overcome while getting sober. So that's commendable. Pat's a passionate guy. He's like, well, wear your heart on your shirt sleeve type dude. Love Pat. Pat's very passionate about his carpentry and also about his skateboard community, whether it's building a DIY spot here in New York City or hitting up his sober homies to go out for a session. I was trying to think where Pat and I might have met for the first time. We're both East Coast guys. I'm going to wager to bet that we met in the Tampa skateboard contest circuit. I would go up there for the contest and photograph them, and Pat would always be skating in them. Pat was also a good friend of one of my good friends, Joel Meinholtz, so... That could be sort of the connecting factor. But I'll let Pat get on to telling his story. I hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. You can find us on Instagram at onemoretrypodcast.com. And I'll let Pat take it from here. I'm at it again. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, I'm Pat Smith, longtime skateboarder from the East Coast, owner of Coda Skateboards, carpenter, and sober guy. Cool, man. Thanks for coming on the show, Pat. Thanks for having me, Frankie. A second time. <laughs> right, correct. Last time that I was here, I didn't know the direction really for the project. It was going to be like a photo project. That's why I brought all the camera equipment over. You're like, what the hell is all this stuff? I was like unloading. Like, <laughs> I took an Uber here from the storage unit, and I think you had plans to go skateboarding. So you were like, all right, let's get this fucking show on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. If I have time to do this, it definitely means I have time to go skating. Yeah. Which is usually I don't have time to do anything, which yeah. is good. <laughs> so what are you up to these days? What did you do today? Uh, today? which is a lovely Sunday, 70-degree uh, Sunday in January in New York City. Thanks, global warming. I worked. <laughs> but at least we had the doors open. Yeah, so building another project with not enough turnaround. Where, do you, where are you currently employed at? I'm currently working for Pink Sparrow out of Greenpoint, Brooklyn. What's, what is Pink Sparrow? Pink Sparrow is a fabrication shop. And I think it's, uh, you know, we can get in, into the ills of sobriety later. But suffice it to say, you start showing up and people start counting on you. That's great. So they turn to you to get stuff done. Yeah. So it's a good problem to have, right? Yeah, yeah. It sounds rewarding. I right. mean, it's like making something, something with your hands, like something that you can, like, be proud of. Yeah, I, I think, well, as far as the fabrication side of stuff, it's weird to, like, I fell into that after my computer programming job, which is what I got an education in. 
but it's also strange to see how that how like you can apply that education and that knowledge from programming into something like problem solving for a large build. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that you went to school for programming. Where did you go to school? I went to school in UMBC, which is the Honors University in the Maryland college system. We had a, a very good chess team. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny you mentioned chess. Recently, I played chess with my girlfriend for the first time. I hadn't played in, in years. I used to play chess with my father. So, you know, she wants to get off the phones and, like, get back into, like, into reality, you know, which is what, like, board games are really good at. From what I remember, like, doing anything competitively was I always was a sore loser. And, like, I'd always get, like, <laughs> sort of down on myself if I start to, like, lose. And sure enough, like, she starts to kick my ass and I start to get upset. <laughs> <laughs> like trying to take back moves like dude what the fuck is that all about so like last interview the last time we spoke I was talking about anger being one of my like underlying sort of issues I try to to cope with <laughs> a character defect if you will yeah. uh. <laughs> um, how, how long have you been sober for I've been sober since October 16th uh, with uh, four years ago I, I noticed written on the chalkboard in your living room, you have your sober date there. You want to give me some, like, why is that posted up there? That's actually, I actually wrote that maybe, like, within the first six months of sobriety, just as a note to self. And then uh, it's kind of just stayed there. That's... <laughs> I mean, I, if I was your roommate, I'd feel like a dick if I erased that. So, like, <laughs> at one point, you're going to be like, oh, maybe I'll take this down, or you're just going to keep keep going. Yeah, you know, I think it's... Well, one thing is probably definitely respect, like you were saying, but it, another thing is probably, like, the leftovers in the fridge. If nobody knows who they belong to, you just don't want to touch it until it's <laughs> got to go. Yeah. It's just a note to myself. What was it, 2016 then? Can't believe it's been four years. They went quick. But yeah, it goes by my sober date or clean date. I don't know what they call it. It's like January 1st, so it's five years for me. It's kinda, yeah, it goes by super fast to where you don't... It's like hard to like think about who I was before. And like the only constant reminder is any kind of stupid social media fucking photo that pops up where I'm like all bloated looking on Facebook. I need to like delete all those pictures. <laughs> you don't know. If you stop drinking, stop partying, you could get younger. But, I, but it was like part of that, all that time passing seemingly quickly is like, or at least for me, right? Maybe for you. Like you start filling your time with more memorable stuff, right? Like it's like, oh, I can't remember how many can't count how many places I've been to since, right? Fair amount of traveling. Like, oh, I can't remember, like, whatever metrics you want to have. Like, oh, how many projects that have been awesome that I've worked on or how many, like, skateboard builds I've been on or, you know, whatever it is. When you talk about skateboard builds, um, you want to elaborate more on that? Is that something that you're able to do through Pink Sparrow? Like, how did you get involved in, like, building objects 
for people to rip on, essentially. <laughs> I'd have to go back to living in the middle of nowhere in Maryland when I was like 14. So basically, if you wanted to skate something, you had a driveway and you had to build it. My dad had a Black & Decker jigsaw and a hammer and some nails. And, you know, we had Thrasher ramp plans and start building stuff whenever they would leave the house. Go steal. Don't go stealing stuff, but <laughs> we, we didn't know any better. We'd steal wood from the houses being built in the neighborhood. And we'd build stuff right in front of the houses being built. And never, it wasn't until I was older that I actually thought about how we didn't get in trouble because it was the most obvious thing. Like, oh, we built these ramps out of your wood in front of your house, in front of your construction site, and left it there. <laughs> like, little bank ramps, little quarter pipes and stuff. It's hard to cut transition with a jigsaw. I mean, <laughs> like, breaking so many fucking saw bits or whatever. Like, my parents would leave for the weekend or something, and they'd come back, and the two-car garage would be a skate park, you know? <laughs> can't park in here in the winter anymore. <laughs> but they're always, you know, it's one of those things you don't realize it at the time, but that was like a huge supportive moment for my parents. Like getting my skateboarding. You know, like yeah. Them being like, yeah. Uh, I guess the garage is a skate park now. <laughs> right. I think it can go either way. Like I had friends whose their parents weren't, they weren't psyched on them skateboarding. Like they should be studying or like finding more meaningful ways to spend their time. But I think it's great that they encouraged you to like work with your hands and then learn. I, my, my parents were, I think, pretty supportive, I think. More, I like that you, you say more meaningful Endeavor. things to do with their time, right? Like it's like, well, I mean, like why was maybe skateboarding viewed as unmeaningful? It's like so many people just don't do anything at all, period. You know, like, oh, here's something you can get into. Like, and what did, say, like, what did skateboarding lead to directly for me? Like, oh, like, interest in art, interest in music, carpentry at this point, you know? Like, it, even though I have to clarify, I'm a fabricator. We do scenic stuff. That's, you know, don't, as long as your door doesn't open, I can make a door for you, you know? Like, a lot of fakery. And, uh, you know, so it's like, or, you know, like the arts, like you got into photography and stuff. This skateboarding, it's athletic. You know, like nobody has that conversation with adults. Like, why are you still running? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> what do you mean? I know. They're like, why don't you still play football? Like, it's such a weird yeah, no. thing, phenomenon. Yeah, a lot of great things from my childhood coming from, you know, not, not having much. So I think that anything where we were, I was able to like entertain myself and go out and learn something new. My parents were supportive of Did you move around a lot while you, when you were younger? Uh, when I was younger, we did move around a lot, but that's because my parents were, uh, my, my dad was in the military. So every three years we'd get restationed. So it was kind of cool. I was actually born in Germany, then spent time in Taiwan, then spent time in Panama, and then spent time in Maryland. So it's always a, a funny thing when people ask me, oh, where are you from? Like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, what does it mean? <laughs> and it also, 
helped inform some of those responses. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a societal <laughs> thing, like, culturally, like, I think everyone's like, you know, in New York, we do it, what neighborhood do you live in? Where do you work? It's just like, you know, who are your parents? You know, why do you look Asian? Well, <laughs> you know, for me, I'm half Asian, like, well, I turned red when I used to drink, so like, well, why do you, why does that happen? So what kind of positive, like, impacts is being sober? How has that resonated? Because I want to try, uh, hopefully try and, and showcase like positive stories like yes there are war stories that we've all gone through <laughs> but like try and talk about the other side maybe a bit more so how do how has it been the last couple four years for you well, I, I thought you wanted to keep this one short <laughs> this is gonna this could take a while no i don't everything you know what it's been positive in every aspect of my life and it's also allowing me the ability to continue to grow you know every day that you're alive and breathing is an opportunity to make things better right mm -hmm. what in making things better it's like what is actually making things better mm -hmm. it's really like a lot of it is perception like what are your own personal goals expectations mm -hmm. of yourself and of the world around you and like what's in being realistic you know like oh i'm not making enough money like well is that really a metric that you're going to <laughs> judge yourself by. I mean, I know society does, but fuck society. <laughs> society is the same thing as created like war and it yeah. like <laughs> doesn't solve global hunger when there's enough for everybody. When we throw away 30 or 40% of our food every day. Oh, I know. You know? Like, come on, yeah. man. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's like, what has been good? Uh, what's an easy one? I, Skateboard. I've skateboarded more than, longer than I've done anything besides breathing in my life. Yeah. So, yeah. Since I got sober, I skateboard more. And or even if I get busy at work, when if I go for a, a one month stint mm -hmm. of not skating hardly at all, I step back on my board. I don't feel like complete moron. Like I've never skated in my life. But when mm -hmm. I was using and drinking. I would have a good day skating and then I would go and celebrate. And then, you know, it could be like coming out of that bender and that binge of three days and jumping back on my board and feeling like I'm back at zero, like at a starting point, you know, like just that, like, I don't feel mm -hmm. shitty every day. I, I always I, felt like for me, like, it, like, you know, that, the day or two after you've been on a bender, it feels like dangerous to be on a skateboard. You're just not, you're not aware of like anything and you're just like eating shit or like not really feeling the physical ramifications of it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's so much nuance in there, right? Like, but that you can only experience if you kind of skate through like into sobriety. I, you know, at least for me, you know, I can only speak from my experience. Mm -hmm, of course. Like the, you never you you skated through the whole time though. I mean, you didn't like quit while you were drinking. Uh, I mean, I was definitely fading out pretty quick. Like yeah. there was a you know, it was part of my story. Like towards the end, it was definitely like, the progression of my drinking and using was kind of becoming very obvious. And to me, at least, in skateboarding, was one of those things where I was like, yeah, it's like less and less. Like, oh, okay, like all right, let's get a photo. We'll. Better get like a lot of beer and maybe a little thing of whiskey. Like, 
like those kinds of things. And then that, or like skateboarding while drinking, you kind of have this window where you get loose and then you can still perform. And that window got smaller and smaller and smaller until it was maybe like just barely open. And that's not really skateboarding. That's sitting on the side of the skate spot and drinking beer and be like, I'll be right back. I'm going to the store. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I spent a lot, a lot of times even like on photo missions. Like just I would just sleep at the skate spot. <laughs> Wake yeah. me up when something good happens. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know I got to push a button. Like I've, you know, like we've all had friends have gone through or are going through. And it's easier to look back with a little bit of judgment. Like, oh man, they probably could have had more fun if if we weren't drinking or, you know, or gotten more done or whatever. But they, there's no sense in regretting things. It's a, yeah. you know, more of like a learning experience. Yeah. Maybe laugh it off. Yeah, I actually, since the last time we met, I've been to a few meetings because, like, my story, I didn't go to AA to get clean. I just kind of walked away from it. I mean, still, you know, trying to piece it together. But one of the guys who was talking was like, he said that, you know, and a lot of times people are regretting or, like, saying they're missed opportunities about life. But what resonated was his being, like, you know, looking forward or, like, having today and tomorrow, you know, which is super important. Because had I not gone, you know, we, I just sat there and would toil about, like, well, I, I used to be this, like, professional skateboard photographer. I had a career. I was young. I had the world in front of me. But... You know, fuck that. Like, I didn't really know, like, squat about, like, my mental state of being or why I even, like, went down that dark path anyway. So, you had brought it up to me. Is AA something that was important to you, to your getting sober? Yeah. Uh, AA has definitely been really crucial for my sobriety. It's similar, like, your, like, the story you just mentioned, where, like, every time, that I make time to go. I still go, like, try to go once, twice a week now, at least not as consistent as I used to be. But definitely, if I, if I didn't go in the beginning, I would have thought that I had a handle on it, just like the other times I took breaks, you know? So, like, in the beginning, I was lucky. I was, like, in a really dark place the last month I was drinking and ran into a fellow skateboarder and we're somehow I just opened up to this guy and he was like, Well, you know, I'm just skating, but then I'm going to a meeting right now. Two weeks later, I of going with him, I got sober. I was drunk in a lot of meetings for two weeks, but you know, whatever it takes, <laughs> you know, if you can yeah. get there, you know, and still go and check in, still hear other people's perspectives, which is still for me like the biggest thing. Like hear their stories, hear what, you know, what they have gone through to get to where they are. And some of the transformations are absolutely incredible. Like, oh, what, you were homeless? Like, you were doing what? Like, you're a model of the community or something, right? Like, I mean, they look like a model of the community now. Yeah. Like, they're changed. Just yeah. Like, that drastic. Like, oh, you were homeless, and now you run a company, like, or whatever... I um, this terrible. I'm coming up with a terrible example. No, I mean you do the transformations hear, are incredible. Hear, right, they are. 
Can you walk someone through a meeting that maybe hasn't been there before? Because like, I just showed up and I, it was like, for me, it felt like the first day at a new school. Um, <laughs> or like, I didn't want to get there too early because then I'd have to like talk to people, but I didn't want to show up late, so I showed up on time. I didn't really know where to sit. You know, they ask if anyone's ever been to a meeting before, and I was like, I hadn't. But can you like, Talk through like your first experience of like, or your like how it feels to be there or something to that extent. Well, first, I think that your experience is a little going to be different because right, correct. You, sure. you are. It sounds like you're trying to further your understanding of sobriety, both probably in the context of meeting more people like yourself and and just exploring like that growth for yourself. Besides just not drinking, right? For me. And for, I think, a lot of people that I have met through AA, you come in and you're at the bottom. Like, whatever your bottom is, and it's desperation. So at that point, like, the meeting's not scary. It's like what you're doing to yourself is probably, in that prospect, is more frightening, you know. And I was looking for help, and I was in need of help. And I went to a meeting, and I found help. You know, I found a lot of loving, kind people that were freaking me out the first time because everybody wants, once you identify as a new person, they're like very helpful. And I'm, if you're coming from a dark place, it's kind of like, oh, get away from me. <laughs> like, who are these people being nice to me? What do they want? <laughs> they must want something from me, you know? And yeah. They don't really, They besides your own personal well-being. And it's amazing. And also, some of my experiences, I've lived in New York for over 20 years, and New York AA is very different. Not extremely different, but there are subtle nuances that are different from the ones I've went to around the country and oddly overseas. But basically, you come in, you introduce yourself. If that's what's called out for, somebody qualifies for 15, 20 minutes, a bunch of people then share if they want to share and talk about their experiences or what they're thinking or whatever they're... Yeah, is sharing, is it optional? I wasn't, I was like, is this a... The, my problem was like, I'm listening to someone speak and then I'm like, oh, fuck, it's going to be my turn to share. Like, what am I going to share? And then I'm like, not really listening to them. So that's kind of <laughs> where I was. <laughs> well, I think there's meetings for, there's an attempt for meetings for everybody with different structures, right? I, I go to one called DRU, and the structure is that the person speaks, qualifies, and then they randomly select people to share. And then there's other ones where, you know, you have to, you volunteer. But even if you get picked at one of those, you can, you know, just be like, oh, hi, I'm Pat, I'm an alcoholic, uh, yeah, I don't really have anything to say. I just enjoyed your qualification, right? And then you glaze over it and then get skipped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, <laughs> but I, it's just, still I, nervous. I was trying to like, all right, how do I like tell my whole life story in five minutes? So like, I, you know, just, <laughs> I kind of, it was, for me, it was a bit of an out-of-body experience, but right. it was reaffirming, definitely. I know, I think I understand what you're saying, where I came to a meeting, like had already pretty much been sober for a few years versus someone who maybe like is 
they're, yeah. they're there to like get because they, they really need the help they need the support <laughs> you you came a little bit more in a state like aware of what was going on as opposed to like where when I came in to my first few weeks of meetings like like I said like I, I was drunk my my friend was like the first time I met her he's like just started laughing. I was like, hey, how's it going? All right. Uh, you want some coffee? <laughs> you know, like, here, have a seat in the back and have some coffee. And, you know, and hung out with me. And, like, we're still friends, you know? Like, mm -hmm. four years later, he's still awesome. And it's, you know, like, it's little stories like that. Like, I have no idea what's going on. But it's not scary beyond the fact that, yeah, it's not scary. There's people that care about you. <laughs> yeah. That actually care. Like, when they go... How are you? They're legitimately asking, how are you? Not, hey man, how are you? And then you start to answer and they don't listen. You know, this is like people are like, I will sit there and listen and, and yeah. do what I can to help or whatever. So for your recovery, having like support, having that, that peer group was really important to you. Yeah, my friendship circle and sober friends have been huge for me just you know right now I need to get a new sponsor but you know from my sponsors to my friends like they like even benign day-to-day -day things like oh like, I, like I've had to change jobs or I chose to change jobs and it's like you know being able to bounce ideas or thoughts or you know trying to get somebody else's suggestion about like important life stuff is is great, you know, mm. and and I feel like some of these sober people have a little bit better experience and context for maybe what I'm going through. Where it's like, well, you might just be uh, an angry person and overreacting, and it's not about you, you know. Yeah. Or like, well, what does your higher power say? You know, mm -hmm. So it's been huge just in my reactions or mitigating my reactions to people yeah. or instances. So, like that. Yeah, it's huge. It just ha basically ha having good friends that are really there. And, you know, for me, as part of that AA experience, like, oh, like when I had to stop drinking, I had to change, like, a huge group of friends. Like, like you, you don't think about it when you're doing that, but, like, oh, like, no offense to some of the people that I still like that still drink, but see, I don't see them at all anymore, you know? Like... Mm. it's not like they went anywhere or I went anywhere but it's just not I'm just not gonna sit in a bar for six hours anymore you know like, yeah. you wanna go bowling I'm down I'm game <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I like to have like activities to do whether it's yeah something like bowling or going to see live music that's not to say I won't step foot in a bar ever again although I, I don't go very often <laughs> doesn't have the same appeal right like okay i can only have so many ginger ales before start getting sick of them and you know, yeah. you, my general rule is like all right well the moment i hear the same story twice i'm out <laughs> <laughs> so you know well, you know I, i'm also lucky enough that i can be around it and not feel too uncomfortable you know right? yeah right that comes with time so yeah, I was saying that like, I want to encourage people to make that next step, you know, and that's why I was trying to get you to talk about AA because for me, I was hesitant, but coming into it, realizing that, yeah, it's a place of support 
And um, I just want to like try and get someone to take that first step to like, you know, if you have a problem to like make that make that hard conversation with someone with your family or with a friend. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's like a perfect opportunity to say like, what is one of those little? There's a million little sayings in AA and around sobriety, but uh, straight edge isn't sober, right? Straight edge is somebody who doesn't drink and blah blah blah, like doesn't follows these rules and right, like it's different. Like they don't like drinking. I like drinking. I like drugs. That's the problem, right? Like the context is different, right? Yeah, so, no, <laughs> I mean straight edge. Of course, I mean I remember. In school, people get beat up. Not beat up. You'd hear stories about someone getting punched for smoking a cigarette right. or something. Like, sort of fascism against that. Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation about, like, sure. militant ideas of, you know, like, pseudo nonconformity shit. Like, okay, well, we're nonconformists, but you have to conform to our group now. Like, whether that's, like, being a hash guy with a trucker hat and pulled up socks and cut off dickies or what, you know, <laughs> like you can't be in our group yeah, because we're nonconformists. Yeah. Like what, but huh? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. but like as far as like drink, that's like another trippy thing about the sober community as I know it through it, AA, but just as you, if you get into it, like it's just a lot of, a lot of acceptance of all different kinds of walks of life. Like I, I, Look back at my time with Andy Kessler, who was sober for years and very active for, what, like two decades in AA and helped out a lot of people. And I would always be impressed by how he would interact with all different walks of life, like from, like, helping out somebody who was in the middle of addiction to, like, how he would treat somebody who might be considered uh, famous within skateboarding or whatever, and now skateboarding's huge, like maybe famous, period. But they would always be treated equally. Like, whether you were sleeping on the street or having your name on a shoe, like, he didn't, he didn't treat anybody poorly, yeah. and he always treated everybody, like, pretty equal, you know, and, yeah. uh, and evenly. And yeah. you know, I think maybe, and then, like, let me act out his, some of his younger... <laughs> like ego vibes or something. Yeah, I mean, had he ever saw that you had a problem, or it wasn't really existing when you guys were friends, uh, when he was alive. I don't remember him ever mentioning it to me. Yeah, but you know, like at some point, you like that's another thing. Like, oh, I don't remember him saying anything to me. Yeah, I don't think I was as bad then. Like, it yeah. wasn't like I wasn't at the point when he was around. I wasn't at the point where I wasn't showing up for work. Yeah. You know, or like on like these three or four day benders or acting like really inappropriately in the middle of those benders. Yeah. Or like, you know, like I wasn't borrowing money for rent because I had spent it all on drugs. Like, oh, I never borrowed money for drugs, but I definitely borrowed money for rent, right? Like, but that's because I spent it all on drugs. Like, that's the honesty. Like, when you come back around and you go, what was I doing? Like, oh, I never did this, or I didn't. Yeah, that's not really true. Like, oh, you were, you know, like, oh, I don't know. Just you mean the repercut? You're talking about repercussions of like being being addicted. Yeah, like, like in the, the mental gymnastics. But like, right. well, we can get more into that later. But yeah. like, as far yeah. as like around Andy, like, yeah, after getting sober, I kind of 
had a lot greater insights on how he was with people and, and a greater appreciation of how active he was as a yeah. as a member of his sober community, which yep. is almost like separate from how I knew him. Although yeah. I met a lot of really amazing people through him. Yeah. Through that, but you know, you want to um, like tell folks out there like who may not know who Andy Kessler was. Um, Andy Kessler is a member of the original Zoo York crew in New yeah. York and responsible for building a lot of early parks in New York City, including one of the first ones in Riverside, which is currently being rebuilt oh, cool. and hopefully renamed for Andy. But uh-huh. he he was a lifelong skateboarder and he was an you know, he was a he was a heroin addict in his what, like maybe early twenties and yeah. stuff, and yeah, and uh, you know, and then was sober for twenty years, and yeah. then sadly he got stung by a bee and passed away. Yeah, after all that, he survived. Yeah, uh, you know, he had a shoe on Vans. He had, I mean, he was just a legendary yeah. skateboarder in New York, and yeah. everybody should know his and contributions. You, how did you guys come to meet? Oh, I we just skated together. I think yeah. it was more like around. Can't tell you what year because I'm sure. bad with dates. But yeah. the Deitch Bowl had the Museum Bowl mm-hmm. that is similar to the Supreme Bowls now. Same, okay. same uh, artist group makes them. Okay. Sim Park, I think they are now. Uh, but yeah, the, Jeffrey Deitch had one in his gallery, uh-huh. and that was the only bowl tranny in that at, at the time in New York. Yeah. And it was awesome. It was great. And just started skating together there. We went on road trips. You know, we started, we'd work and build parks together. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's like definitely helped get me to where I am. Yeah. In my, I guess, one, at this point, it's it's a career. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> like, it's like weird to think about. Like, uh, just, hey, man, you got any work for me? Like, can you cut wood? <laughs> like, sure, whatever. Like, yeah. Oh, that's stupid. You know, but like, oh, like, oh if I actually, same thing. Like, it was totally, we're gonna be tangent going That's on fine. tangents. Over, but it's like, oh, like those moments of Andy like helping me out. You know, maybe like he wasn't trying to get me sober. Maybe my my, my disease hasn't hadn't progressed at that point. But it was just like, you know, where is it affecting me now? Is like so many points where it's like, oh, building skate parks. Like building a skate park is way harder than building a vet for uh, the newest, I don't know, whatever, gizmo or gadget. Oh, you're or, talking about like experiential, like, yeah. like build-outs where like they create experiences yeah. for, for like uh, tech companies that, you know. That's, oh, the story and the Instagrammable moment. Don't forget the hashtag has to be, like, uh, I don't care. <laughs> like, I understand. Sorry, sorry, people that I work with. I don't care, <laughs> uh, like, about those kinds of aspects of, of it. But, like, the building and the work is fun. It's exciting. Yeah. It's always new. But, like, the, yeah. how that, but the experience with Andy and building skate parks here and, like, with my other backgrounds and stuff and how, like, they have led to this moment. And then how to apply that to sobriety is, like, oh, I got sober and I started paying attention to what I was doing and went from like having just doing work and showing up as a freelancer to having a job with benefits and responsibilities because, oh, I take it 
like a little bit serious, you know, like mm -hmm. not that serious, but like it's a job, it's a career. It's yeah. like I have to show up when I'm supposed to show up. Like people count on me. Like it's weird to be at that point with anything sure. as a skateboarder. I mean, if you're, like it's you know when you're partying or like you know. It, yeah, like <laughs> when you're partying, like hold on, I'll be right back, and you're gone for like two hours or two days, yeah. like on like a I guess, fucking drug run or something, like you know. Like, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, what's the the complete very thought, selfish? Like, <laughs> getting to a point where people can trust and rely on you, you know, it takes a lot of work, but it's like, you know, if you look back at who you were when you were irresponsible and untrustworthy, <laughs> and also. You know, when I was irresponsible and untrustworthy, but still wanting, you know, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and like being like, well, how come I'm not getting this? <laughs> Why aren't people like coming to like hire me for this thing that I'm that I want to do when I'm just like so irresponsible, like not putting two and two together? Yeah, don't they know how good I am? Like, well, you're great, but you don't show up, right? Like, I'd say we all want. In my industry, like one, one of the jokes is always like, "Well, do you know what you're doing?" Like, or does that guy know what he's doing? It's like, no, but he's gonna show up, and that's like half the thing. Like, you can count on that guy to show up. Like, we get like, there's a lot of drinking and drugs in in New York, period. But like in within the industry I work at, like, it's, you know, construction's like a lot of partying and around it, and that's fine, you know. But like. Also, so Pink Sparrow is also the same company where, what is it now? Five years ago, I got fired from oh, I didn't for drinking. Okay. Right? Yeah, like, no. I was drinking on the job. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a big, uh, I would say that it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't frowned upon necessarily. Like, I was working late night painting uh, and finishing up some letters. Sure. You know, I could have a beer. Yeah. But I'm an addict. So I didn't have a beer. I had like four tall boys f broke into somebody's locker that I knew they had liquor in. Fuck, chugged that. Started screaming at my bosses, you know, like "fuck you," and like went and got another job the next day. Had a friend work on it with me that I passed out the whole day because I was hungover as shit, you know, like, and he had to do the job. Like that's. You know, that was like sort of like the last year of my drinking. Like yeah. those are like, the, the, oh, you got any good stories about drinking? Like, yeah, like, oh yeah, the, I forgot about that. Yeah. So I, here right. I am, full, full circle, like back at the same company, they count on me. Like you were asking me, like, why are you working on a Sunday? I was like, tight turnaround. I, I guess if I wanted to be positive, they gave that job to me because they knew that I would see it through. Right. And it'd have to be over the weekend. How... You want to tell me about like how they accepted you back again as an employee, or like how how was that humbling coming back to them looking for a job, or how did that go? I mean, there's a, definitely a ton of gratitude, I, I, and I had to definitely get a couple years under my belt of sobriety before they probably. So even how long? What's about the time it. span in between when you got fired and when you went back to work for them? I'd have to say like. Probably like four years, right? Because it was okay. maybe like a year before I got sober uh -huh. uh, that it, I got fired from there. Or and they weren't even—they didn't even fire me. They—they're they, like, we can't—you can't do that. Yeah. And we have to do something. But we like you, and we know you're going through something. 
we will off, we will kind of lay you off so you can collect unemployment. And I'm like, who does that? Like the, the shit I did, they should have just been like, fuck you. Don't ever come back. Don't even come around here anymore. Don't yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like they were yeah. so nice and so understanding. And then, so like to come back around, like I, I was working, you know, gratefully at another shop and like I had moved up to a point where I had a full-time position, which in fabrication is, you don't get a lot of full-time positions unless you're in, I don't know, own the shop. It's like job to job. So yeah, like, sure. and I just didn't like it and it wasn't where I wanted to be and mm. put it out there and. And they had a position open as a lead carpenter and <laughs> like all the little nuances that you forget about having a couple years of sobriety under your belt. Like, oh, you can go talk to somebody with at least less fear and less discomfort mm-hmm. and, you know, approach it a little more, I guess, professional or something. And I mean, for me, if I would have come back to, in a position like that, I probably would have felt a tremendous amount of like guilt and shame. Was that there for you? Not so much because you guys, it, you had to work through it, or because well, not to be too egotistical, but okay. like I, you know, not only did I put the work in, I'm slacking on some of the work in my sobriety, but like yeah. you know, like you don't get a few years under your belt of sobriety like easily, yeah, like for anybody, right? And and getting through the emotional damage that I had caused to people that I that are close to me you know, or were close to me, like I haven't spoken to since. Like the the wreckage of my drinking, like going through all that to get to a point where I'm holding down a job is like, that's big. And that can be a confidence booster, right? Yeah. Like, And also just being sober and being in, in AA, one of those things that I've learned from is just, it's okay. Like we all have passed, you know, yeah. like a lot of acceptance of my my own life and other people's. Yeah. Right? Like so it's hard to like I think about the shame or whatever like pe- just more because other people discuss it. I yeah. don't really have those capacities in me as much, but like oh like yeah that sucks. Like, it's important it's important for people to forgive themselves, right? It is. Like it definitely is important to like forgive yourself, forgive other people. Yeah. Like, if, if you can't, then, like, what's the point in proving anyway, right? Like, yeah. oh, I made a mistake once. Well, that's it. <laughs> like, well, well, fuck, you know? Like, I dropped, yeah. my, uh, I dropped my sucker on the ground when I was six months old. Oh, it's over. I fucked up. Yeah, see ya. Put yeah. me back in the womb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's how we learn, right? Like, that's how everybody learns. It's important to remember that. And I think a lot of it is we're talking about sobriety and, and the good things is like, we, you don't get to that point of understanding about other people with addictions or other people like without having gone through it. Like you have to go through the fire. And that's what we were talking about. Like, Oh, straight edge versus sober. Like, dude, you gotta go through it yeah. to have some sort of understanding. Right. Yeah. Like it, whether it's you directly or maybe a family member or something like that. Right. You gotta go through it, and like, you come out the other side. You are going to hopefully become a better person. You might, you might not be a perfect person, and that's okay, right? But you are going to start learning from your experiences and take more from them, good or bad. Nothing has to be bad in the world, right? Like everything is at least an experience, and there's good in that. Yeah. Yeah. So.
It's important. You no. Know? Oh, what's good about sobriety? Like everything? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my fucking, pay, like yeah. my bank account. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I eat too much now because I can afford to. Yeah. I don't have to worry about like, well, what flavor ramen noodles am I going to eat tonight? Like, you know, like yeah. same thing. But this like goes back to being able to show up for work. Yeah. Or even being somebody that I can call other people if I need to work. Yeah. Like, and that they know that I am reliable enough and useful enough that they can put me to work, you know, in some capacity or another. But you know, What's the relationship of, like, a sponsor and a sponsee? Uh, sponsor helps lead. Oh, I should really have this dialed in by now. Uh, <laughs> right, because I, I was like, because we had spoken about the 12 steps, and I was like, well, how do I, where are these 12 steps? Like, I go to the meeting, I'm like, all right. Like, They're probably on a giant side. <laughs> like, who? Yeah, no. Do you want to, like, uh, what's that relationship about? So, sponsor helps lead this sponsee through the 12 steps and the 12 traditions. And it's just basically somebody who is both a peer and, and somebody who has had more experience with mm -hmm. it. And, you know, just to be like a mentor and a guide, yeah. right? Like, if you get a sponsor, it doesn't mean you can, you have to stick with them. Yeah. Or that's another cool thing about AA. Like, there's no rules. <laughs> and there's no real, there's like a loose structure, right? It's like really cool way to like, if society worked that way, it would be way better. Yeah. Whereas just like, hey, yeah, like the person who's supposedly running the tonight's meeting is not here. It'll still happen. It's yeah. fine. You know, like, or like the 12 steps, like I have my own interpretation of the 12 steps, yep. you know, just like I think it's like everybody should be able to take what they need from Mm -hmm. literature like that you know it's mm -hmm. yeah because i i didn't know anything about the big book like i was kind of like all right well who's gonna who's gonna let me like who's gonna explain all this to me i kind of just sat through it and like observed but then like when you got up at the end and you like hold hands with strangers and they're like i'm like all right what, what do i say what is you know give you like the big hand squeeze or something yeah, at the end so of the like the you know don't be if you're listening don't be afraid to go to a meeting locally um <laughs> That you won't be disappointed if you need to get help. <laughs> yeah, uh, there there are people, that, and there's probably free coffee and free snacks. Yeah, um, I got to get uh, ice cream cake. There was the guy, what? the guy celebrating his like fourth year. Oh man, and they got ice cream cake. Hell yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, <laughs> in the beginning, it's like whatever reason you, whatever you need to kind of get your ass in the chair, right? Yeah. Like whatever you need to tell yourself, because in the beginning you. You can lie to yourself a million different ways to justify a drink or a drug. You know, like, you do the same trick at first, mm -hmm. you know, to get yourself in the chair if you're at a point where you need help. And that's that's a huge lesson, just that first step Yeah, it, in life, period, is like, oh, it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. Like, that, I mean, that was like, boom, first lesson, right? right. Like, before I even went, like, asking my friend Alex, you know, hey, man, like, yeah, I kind of need help. And asking my friends, like, hey, like, I'm kind of fucking up. Like, and, and it came back and people helped me. You know? yeah. So like, that's a huge lesson. It's, yeah, because people aren't going to spit on you or, or talk down. Like, you're, I could build it up in my head, like, you know, 
I was already so internal. Like, oh, everyone hates me. I fucked up so much. There's no clawing back from this. And I kind of just left town. I didn't even... Oh, you pulled a geographic. Yes. Is that what they call it? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Which I had done before with relationships. You know? It's not a healthy way. It's the only way that I knew to survive because I think my drug use, my girlfriend and I were using heroin and she had left to get clean. She left to another state. Um, and I was like, all right, let's get out now. <laughs> you know, I like called my brother to, I think he lent me like some money. I probably spent some on dope and then I got a plane ticket. Yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, I don't think they call it a geographic in terms of like, oh, like removing yourself from negative elements. Yeah, I mean, I guess that could be anything, like taking yourself away from certain toxic people maybe or but that, it, it's more in how does that work the geographics is more like oh like running away from a problem exactly. and the problem is actually you yeah you know what i mean like yeah yeah like i i remember i moved to portland right but years ago just for a little stint you know yeah chase love did like meet new friends get the, yeah get out of the city because i'm partying too much like it's new york it's not me, it's New York. Like, God, what, two weeks? Fucking found drug dealer, like, up all night and yeah. partying. You know, yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, that party was me and my friend in the backyard, like, fucking off. Like, huh. you know, like, it was just like. You always find it. I kept, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I, I continued to use cocaine and drink until five years ago. I mean, and, it's easy to find. Like, yeah, was, easy to find. You know, if we're, can we have like funny discussions about it? I remember I was on a yeah, job in like Austin, Texas. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm sober. And I'm sitting at the bar because I got some friends that live there and they're at the bar. And we're hanging out and just, there's, there's, you know, powdered goods or whatever, you know, dry goods as they call them going around. Cocaine. Just, yeah, cocaine. You could say it. <laughs> it and it's just like, oh, I can, I can see it, right? Like, oh, I got, yeah, a, no, I got a nose for this stuff, it doesn't, right? All you got to do is watch one little sketchy, hand, like, handshake in a bar, you know. You just hear the sniffles when you're trying to pee. Like, yeah. Like, I actually need to go to the bathroom right now. Yeah. Uh, but I remember these other guys that I was working with were like, you know, like, they're getting wild and they're drinking all night and they're trying to party and... And, you know, one, one guy's like gave a homeless guy like a hundred bucks, and the homeless guy was gonna be right back. And I was like, man, we're a bunch of amateurs. You know, like, come on, man. I don't even, I'm sober. I don't even do this stuff anymore. And like, I can find you. Like, yeah. Like, I, I, like it sucks because it's a dangerous place to be. But like, as an addict, it's still kind of like, it can be like right there because you kind of developed a certain skill set. And in that, like, it's almost important to have your support group, whatever whatever route it takes for you to get sober, yeah. like, to have yeah, your support like what are the, group. Yeah, what are the be, tools that people can have? Because, I mean, like you said, I pulled geographic, so I moved away from any familiar place that I could score heroin. I was doing other things, but I was away from that. Didn't know where to get it when I moved to, back to Florida. Um, but, you know, had... If my new partner was using, I maybe I might have fallen back into that. Like, what do you tell people? Is it the tools you get in AA, or how kind of how can you be resilient to that temptation? Because like, or like, what's your advice to someone? Do you like not 
you don't go to a bar for a certain amount of time, you stay, you know, like, how do you build that resilience to, like, those moments that are going to happen? Well, I, I mean, I definitely, like, one thing is, like, you don't be around it, right? Yeah. Like, the, I mean, obviously, the, yeah. It's too tempting, right? Yeah. Like, especially in the early days, right? Yeah. Like, some people can do it, and that's great. Like, oh, you're sober. Like, some people I've met, like, sober, like, and they complain about working at the bar. I'm like, yeah, what? That's insane, right? Like, you're a sober person that works at a, as a bartender for a living. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're not drinking the booze away, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. the profits away. So it's like, you definitely, I would imagine you have stay to away. stay away a little bit, right? Yeah. You got to get some distance from... I mean, I can't even walk by a donut shop without going in to get a donut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, right. It, and that, But as far as, like, the tools, like, you know, having a community of people that, that are like-minded... Yeah, that can relate to your experience, and can be there as a source for like, help, knowledge, information, experience, strength, and hope. Right. Yeah. I mean, so like that, the rooms, the rooms, the A meeting that can function as like, you know, if all I know, if I move to New York City and all I know is like the inside of a bar and like these ten people, so like, well, it's Friday night. Like, what am I gonna do? Oh, like, I'll, I'll tell you if you are sober or if you're trying to get you're sober. You're trying to get sober. All right. This this is the cool thing about being a skateboarder and being, like, sober. Like, if you're a skateboarder, you go to Newtown. You can go to the local skate park, right? And you can meet people. Or a local skate spot, right? Yeah. Oh, like, I and then meet people and skate and, and then kind of get, like, some friends or whatever and, like, go hang out. Yeah. If you're a sober person, you can go to a Newtown. You can go to an AA meeting, and you can introduce, you can raise your hand, and you can be like, "It's my first time at this meeting." Yeah. My name's Patrick. I'm an alcoholic, or yeah. I'm an addict. Yeah. And then, boom! Like, so a couple people are gonna reach out to you. You know, especially if you put off the vibe. Yeah. Like, hey, like, what's up? Hey, go out bowling. Yeah. Go get some dinner. Like, you get turned on to, like some good, like secret food spot or something, right? Yeah. Like, some, and they call it fellowship. Like you. That's one of the tools we we're just trying to talk about. Like, you can be included in a group, right? You can. You're not an outcast, and it's yeah. just like just like skateboarding, right? Yeah. You're on the fringe of society, which is kind of cool too. But you're also like, you can meet like-minded people that are going to be able to relate to. Yeah. Like what is, you know, it, it's the question that that is like, you always ask yourself when you're like drinking, like, well, what else is there, or like. You know, like, I don't smoke cigarettes anymore. Well, that's not entirely true because I have been um, here and there. Look, that's what do my you next do? battle. <laughs> what do you do when you don't go out to have that five minutes of, like, solitude when you're at some kind of social function? You know, like, have learning yeah. how to be in your own skin. But then, like, there are countless amount of activities. I mean, for sure in New York City, there's, you know, art and culture Music and parks and getting yeah. out there, exercising, but skateboarding. But like, you know, you don't. Here's they, the trick, right? Yeah. Like, oh, what else? What else is? What else can you do what besides you drinking? Do besides drinking, right? Yeah. Everything, right? Because that's only one thing. Yeah. Why is that <laughs> only one? Yeah. <laughs> you want to know what else is besides drinking? Everything else, yeah. right? Like, but you, you, we don't. We're not conditioned to think that way. Uh, I mean, we live in a society, like, 
Yeah, if I think all my friends, that's all they do, then that's all I think that I can do. Yeah, like New York, it's small. Like everybody's place is small. Like if I if you had an assistant here right now, it wouldn't be able to fit in my place. You know, like so where do you want to get together with your friends? Like, yeah, it's probably gonna have to be the bar. But that's not always the case, right? Like you can do other stuff. You could Yeah. There's you could do everything else. And that's the beauty of it. Like you don't realize that. But there's a lot of marketing and societal factors that go into that belief system, right? Like, hey, most people are all right drinking. You know, like we have plenty of friends that are like, they can handle their drugs and be fine, right? Like, well, drugs, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, like, sure. You they, know, I mean, people can, can drink. There's a, at least, well, I'll put it this way. Yeah. There are definitely the people that, when, for me, when I was using that, I'd look at them and be like, they, they, they're fine. They do all this shit and they're fine, right? Yeah. Like, well, maybe they're not, That's but like, <laughs> but it's like if you put somebody like that, there's going to be your excuse that you can also do it, right? It's yeah. Like, no, not everybody can yeah. do it. But maybe you know? find that other person and then, in, in another aspect of life. Like, oh, they're an artist. Like, maybe I can do that. Or I can, this is what I've always wanted to do. Or like, or maybe they're just not an addict. Like, it's not my story, it's my friend's story. One of the guys that brought him into AA, you know, it was like a friend of 10 years or something, like, would see him out at the bars all the time. And like somehow it came out in the conversation after all this time, like, and the guy was like, wait, what do you mean you don't drink? I see you out all the time. Yeah. You've been, like you're out at all, at all these events. Yeah. You don't drink? And like, no, man, I haven't yeah. drank in 10 years. Yeah. You know, like, I haven't. And that's I'm how sober. like, you're so gone, you don't even realize it. Yeah, exactly. Like you just think, I don't know. Yeah, some people can handle it, and that's why they're not doing this interview. You know, I can't handle it. I know I have an addictive personality. Yeah. I, and it's as part of that, like, it's important for me to like, try to find both a balance with my addictive personality and yeah. just try to try to put it in positive outlets. Right, like you said, you're, you're working a lot, but I mean, you know, we can still take that trait and abuse other things <laughs> you know there's other things that we that are unhealthy but yeah. i think that it's a healthy pursuit tell me about code of skateboards man tell me about like how that came to be and that experience like because you began coda obviously you were still drinking right so i think i had started drinking i didn't really drink until i was like 27 28 or oh. something Right. Oh, so you started like I late. started late. Like oh, okay. I, I've had drinks and like we we would get drunk and we'd party and but it wasn't a thing, right? It would be like it's been like six months. You oh. wanna go out and okay. like, do that? Like but it wasn't I, I hadn't gone through a divorce. It wasn't really like a bad divorce, but I was single in New York and it's easy to go back then and be like, let's go skate around and then stop by the bar and then keep skating yeah and then you know some late nights or whatever but it you know there wasn't even any drugs back then or whatever. Yeah. and uh, for coda it doesn't really play into the story my drinking and using didn't doesn't play into the story till later oh. but uh as far as the company but yeah, yeah i was just between sponsors and wanted to have a creative outlet you know uh, yeah that involved skateboarding, obviously, is the thing I know best. And just was an idea, like, you know, just me making a couple boards, a couple friends, and it turned into 
selling them at a couple shops that I had friends at and just kind of yeah. snowballed into this thing. It was like 17 years now. Oh, wow. 18 years. Yeah. It's like 2003. What year is it? 17 no. years. So like it's been around and it just grew and then like somebody wanted to ride for it and like a couple more friends wanted to ride for it and then yeah. put out a handful of videos and yeah. went through changes and stuff. And it's been a pretty fun ride and we've always tried to just, the aesthetic is to keep it fun and keep it going well enough financially that we can just do whatever we want to do yeah. and hopefully that's cool enough that other people want to buy it or support it yeah. and and not play by the industry's rules not put out graphics in whatever season or quarter we are supposed to or yeah. do what we're supposed to like it's really is about doing what we want to do and the belief systems that we have yeah. around skateboarding which is just traveling yeah. With your friends, like if we go on a Coda trip, yeah, with my air quotes that I don't have to do because this is being recorded, but uh, yeah, it, all the friends are invited. It doesn't matter if you ride for the company or not. Yeah. You know, like oh, like yeah. hey, JT, you want to go? Oh, your friend Matt wants to go. Fine, who cares? Like we're all going. Mm -hmm. We'll make accommodations. When is the last time that you guys made a special skate trip? I mean, how often does that happen? Anyone? Oh. uh... Dylan had a couple. He came out with a book. Oh, Dylan. What? Dylan Goldberger. Okay. He functions as our art director yeah. and writer. Yeah. Maybe writer first, art director yeah. second. But he's a really good artist, has a really distinctive style, and like really helps us out on both ripping and and the creative aspects. Right. And so he had a book come out with a bunch of these country music albums mm -hmm. that he parodies or whatever and so we went on a little we filled up the car and went on a little trip down to maryland and then down to north carolina and back and it was, it was super fun and that's you know that's how we do it and like no pressure no yeah no getting stuff done that's like, still let's just sick go though fun. i haven't gotten in the van in so long it's just like you get in, and you're like, all right, you're like a kid. Yeah. <laughs> no, no agendas. Yeah. You know, like, what do you want to do next? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, do you like, think the way how you, we can capture moments and put them out for the world, like, is there less, less pressure now? Because before it was like, all right, get the VX out, get the generator out. We've got to make this, like, monumental, like, thing. Uh, well, like, I, I mean, I, having did okay in skateboarding to some degree, right? Mm. Like having been able to travel around on somebody else's dime mm -hmm. and be sponsored for a bunch of years. And like, I still haven't bought shoes in like quarter century, you know? Like, <laughs> who hasn't had to buy shoes yeah. at least once in the last 25 years? Like, well, I haven't. Yeah. I'm fucking lucky as shit. Yeah, right, know? right. Like, I don't even know why people, I don't, whatever. I'm still trying to contribute in, to something that I care about, right? Right. Like, so Definitely. hopefully that earns it. But like, yeah, these we blow it all the time on every one of these trips. Like, let's just go. Maybe something will happen. This is, I'll tell you what happens. Everybody gets fired up, starts skating. Nobody's documenting anything. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Nobody cares. That is like, what do you what do you want? You want an Instagramable moment, or do you want like uh, that memory with your friends and to be yeah. it, be In the present, moment. be present. Right? You know? Like, yeah. Whether it's skateboarding, whatever else, it 
it could be in life for yeah. me it's skateboarding but yeah. it's like having those moments is what it's all about traveling mm -hmm. experiencing new things with your friends like mm -hmm. Mm. Having funny stories, going to Taco Bell in the middle of fucking nowhere, what, whatever yeah. it is. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 All things you don't need to be drunk for. You just have a good time <laughs> yeah. doing them. Definitely. A bunch of us are going to go to Barcelona. We went to Barcelona last year. Oh, yeah? It wasn't even a Cody trip, actually. It was oh. just a bunch of old guys trying to go street skating, relive their youth. It's like the perfect place. Oh, I love that. I've been <laughs> once, but a long time ago. It's all banks everywhere. Yeah. Don't be fooled. Nobody skates in Barcelona. Um, it, was, it was empty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was empty. Like, it, I mean, we, I think I went, uh, yeah, probably two, same time when you started Coda, like in the early 2000s, I went. So back to Coda, though, uh, and how that re might relate to my drinking experience. You know, towards the tail end of my drinking, like, I knew something had to change, right? Like, like I was going through stuff. And it was, like I said, it was last month was particularly dark. And I was trying to get rid of my friends, my ex-fiance. Like what do you my, mean get rid of your friends? Like the ones? Like tell them to fuck off. Like, oh. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's Whatever is going on, it's obviously somebody else's fault at that okay. point, right? Like yeah. when you're in that mindset, it's like definitely not me. Yeah. It's definitely somebody else, right? There's no ownership of my own behavior, it's everybody else. And like, oh, I'm not happy with my life. It's somebody else's fault. Like it's the job's fault, it's the government's fault, whatever, it's the institution's fault. Yeah. And it's like, you know, and like one of the things was just like, I don't, I think we had at that point had the best year that Coda has had. And because in that year and that summer, I was, I didn't drink for six months, mm -hmm. right? So here's this, Direct one-to-one -one translation. So, like, yeah, before my last month of drinking, like, I hadn't drank for six months, and it was like, we had the best year Coda had had to date. Right? I wanted to just stop doing it, right? Because just like everything else, it was like something that I loved and just wanted to burn to, burn to the ground, right? Just wanted to walk away from that, you know? Walk away from a lot of stuff, uh -huh. you know? And it's... And that's not necessarily because of drinking, but more because of my mindset behind my drinking, right? Like, yeah. that's one of the things that I've learned about myself is like, oh, it's not, sure, like, drinking for me is a problem. Drugs are a problem, right? But how do I address the issues of how I get to that mental point where, like, oh, I need that, like, I need the, something to take the edge off or I need cocaine to make myself feel good, you know, or how, like, oh, like how, how do I, I relax with like out of beer? Why you would know? you want to end a good run of a skateboard company? Because it's too. fucking crazy. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know, like it, it's a lot of work and with yeah. this, we don't make any money, right? Yeah. So like, why would you do that? You know, like you would do anything else that, in that circumstance, because you like doing it, because it's rewarding in other ways. Nothing, not everything has to have a monetary value to it, right? Like, oh, yeah. Like, oh, Coda's awesome, not only because we get to sponsor our friends, or like one of our things that we do is make sure that every bit of money that we spend is on skateboarding. Like, if it's yeah. a shirt is getting printed, that print shop is going to be owned by a skateboarder. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, if we're going to get boards made, 
we're not going to go to China. It's going to be American-made by somebody that skates. Yeah. So every aspect of it. Oh, we had a good month. Yeah. Oh, maybe we'll go spend that five hundred bucks on concrete and build something. You know, for, for like, the for the community. Yeah, and like we try to do that all the time. Or yeah. Like, or like, oh, we got extra hundred bucks. Let's give to this. Oh, the foundation in Nashville, or uh-huh. or the whole bowl in Newark. You know, yeah. let's try to give to these DIY causes. Like it, it's like important to be able to give back and. Why would I keep doing it? <laughs> it yeah. cost me money, right? It cost me time. Oh, because it because the reward is huge. Yeah. I mean, there's no financial reward, but yeah. like the like how it makes me feel yeah. and the things that I've been afforded through skateboarding in my life have it's necessary to give back, you know. Paying it back. Yeah. So I like that. And we're still going. And we're still doing okay. Yeah. Because I'm sober now, right? Like <laughs> there it is. Yeah, like, I mean, there's right? no, there's no extra hundred dollars if you're, you know, alcoholic or a drug addict. There's yeah. no extra anything. <laughs> yeah, there's no. I'm not like pulling from the till either, right? Like, it, all right, look, look at the relationship. Like, oh, I went from that last month of drinking to not wanting to run, at least sustaining company, self-sustaining yeah. company. Like, one to end that to being able to give, being four years down, removed from that, being able to give back more than I ever have, you know, it's yeah. like getting a more solid group of people around the company and, you know, we're like being able to pay a little bit more mm-hmm. to like our artists, to our writers, like yeah. to our projects. And in a lot of that is because I'm sober. I'm not taking money from the till. Yeah. You know, to support a habit. Yeah. You know, or to like, or like I was saying, like, oh, I'm not borrowing money from the company to pay my rent because I don't have any money because I spent it all on drugs and alcohol. Yeah. You know, like so many more things, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, like, oh, if I go on a skate trip, I can skate 100% more than I used to be able to. <laughs> you know, we could talk about some regrets. I remember going on a rad trip to what? Ended up in Montreal. Like, I was, okay. Like, but there's like the funny stories are like, oh yeah, I passed out in the basement of the skate shop on a shoe rack. I I went and passed out and almost ate shit dropping in on this rad mini ramp that I didn't skate because I was too drunk. You know, like, yeah. oh, I don't have any cool skate stories. Like, oh yeah, I was conscious for like short amounts of time and like didn't interact with the skate stuff and didn't like. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? You weren't doing your job, man. <laughs> it was not a job, but, like, I wasn't enjoying what was around me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and, like, that was I know. I think that's, we fool ourselves. We're like, this is more enjoyable if I'm wasted, but then you don't have nearly the full experience that you would have otherwise. Like, the whole, you know, the, like, interactions, <laughs> like, building relationships, you know. Just, I was just, like, a, a dick. You know, not being available yeah yeah you're not you're not present right like it was and that just makes me think about like you know my last few years of drinking right compared to my first forays into drinking yeah i guess like oh my drinking map Uh right like it'd be like this map of like oh where we would go what we would do and by the end of my using it would be like so small like 
oh, like, it'd be, like, around my house, and then it was, like, in my house, right? Like, it was no longer an experience. It wasn't like we were going out and doing something somewhere. Well, okay, yeah. It, was, it became, like, the thing was to just be drinking and using, right? Like, yeah. and it would be, like, at home at, towards right. the end or, like, close to home so I could drink more and stumble yeah. home and, not, yeah. and be less responsible for it whether it was my skateboard that I brought with me or uh-huh. a cab or whatever it was, yeah. you know? like Or like, oh, like, oh, I know the drug dealer in this area. Or whatever yeah. dumb excuse. And it's like, yeah, fuck, the, man. Yeah, the world seems so lo- big, and then you just kind of, like, it gets smaller and smaller. Yeah, they talk a lot about that, like, in AA, actually, uh-huh. about your world getting really small. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. there it is. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think about all my relationships, like, you know, girlfriends, and, like, we were supposed to go travel, we were supposed to do this, and then, you know. But, you know, my last relationship, we have, you know, we went to, like, Europe last year. We had to have done things that, like, in the past were these, like, just ideas <laughs> that never came to fruition, you know. Always were like, oh, yeah, I mean to do this, but. You know, like, that money you spend at the at the bar on yeah. it like becomes a thing like or not seeing the stuff through whether that's like going on a trip or and just like not having those experiences that whatever if you want if you want to drink use yeah you're probably hopefully an adult and you can make those decisions for yourself mm-hmm. don't make any excuses right like yeah. you know like come on like you can do a lot of other stuff too, right? Yeah. Like you can go to Europe. You can have an, like you can engage with your partner, yeah, in a more meaningful way. You can lose a chess, right? Yeah, oh, <laughs> like, right. Yeah, we're talking about things in life for sure. Yeah, you know, like, like oh, and then as we get older too, like oh, like that was, you know, I think last time we tried this, there was a lot more talk about how, like skateboarding and drinking and how like like when I was aging out of skateboarding, right? Like, oh, like now, we could touch on that more, but like now it's like, oh, my experiences are changing. Yeah. Right? Like I still go on skate trips. Yeah. It's way different. It's like, yeah, let's go skate down to the museum. Uh-huh. <laughs> or let's go, you know, I went to uh, Greece, to Athens a couple times. It's just yeah. like, oh, like, but I don't know what's there. Yeah. Let's go check it out. And, like, go from, like, museum to, like, cultural thing to trying to look for skate spots to, like, a restaurant. And it's, like, mm-hmm. and there's skateboarding around it. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of, like, the motivation. Like, let's go look for this skate spot. On the way, we'll stop by this other thing and we'll eat this food. And yeah. then we'll go look for another skate spot and just get lost. And, you know, there's so much more engagement than just being like, Yeah, I mean, it brings go to the bar to, like, that, <laughs> no, to that adolescent feeling of, like... Yeah, being leaving home for the first time when you you weren't clouded with all that, you know, which is like essentially what happens to us, you know, when you're like a teenager. I mean, I can't speak to anyone else's experience because everyone has a different like childhood. But like, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't have all the things to brood over to be upset about. So like, yeah, I mean, the world is your oyster or whatever the fuck they say. I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, I just wanted to. Give people inspiration that, you know, they can have a life outside of drinking, you know. Yeah, it's, I mean, you can do everything else, right? Like, yeah. you can do whatever. You can try and fail. 
and maybe even succeed at whatever you want within reason. You know what I mean? Like maybe you're not going to be able to yeah. sprout wings and fly, but maybe you can build an airplane or yeah. whatever. You can do all kinds of. You don't. You don't have to get it right the first time. Oh. What I'm saying. I mean, we're talking about like trying to give up alcohol or like. Yeah, I mean, it's just like you know, it, if it's. It's okay that you stumble. Yeah, it's it's something to strive for. You know, all these AA sayings and stuff like always. They're corny, but they're true, right? Progress, not perfection. Like it's true. Like, uh-huh. like relapse is something like I've talked with my partner about. Like yeah. it's like. When, like, oh, I don't know, hopefully never, but that's not a realistic way to think. Yeah. Right? Like, what concerns me about, say, something about relapse, if I do relapse, do I have, am I still connected enough to my support groups and my, and my people that, like, they'll get my back? Like, it's important to keep up the work. You know? Yeah, it's important to keep coming back. Like, whatever your program is, whatever, like, whatever it is that is getting you the help that you need to achieve your goals, whether, you know, in this case, we're talking about sobriety, but like it can be, sobriety is a lot like everything else in life where like, it's a life, it's a goal. Yeah. What do you need to get to it? You know? Yeah. And it's not going to be perfect. (laughs) You know? Because skateboarders are so mental about like, you know, the right spot, like, you know, all, all the things that take you to get to like, you know, if we're talking about someone who's sponsored in skateboarding, like all the things you need to do to get to that place for it to be like this moment for this fucking thing to happen, you know, so many variables and they're, and skateboarders are resilient. And if that doesn't happen, they come back and back and back and back and back. Like yeah. security guards, rain, uh, injury. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like that's such a rad point that you're making. Like as a skateboarder, like I definitely saw that and, was able to take to, you know, to AA my into the program for me because it was it wasn't daunting and because we function in within skateboarding within a, like this mindset of like, all right, I'm gonna try to kickflip this 100 times. I'm gonna make it once. Who tries anything 100 times in a day? It's just like fail, anything. like fail constantly, right? Like, yeah. Just like or whatever, like something really hard, like security guys are going to come back like three times in two weeks, yeah. right? To get this one thing, and that's success. Yeah. Who ca- Even counts showing 1% up, of 100%? came to try it. Like, who counts that, though, as like a successful rate of like 1% or less, Yeah. right? But that's, as skateboarders, that's exactly what you're saying. We're resilient. Like, oh, I made that. Like... Oh, and I got the photo. And like, you know what I mean? Like, and the, the crazy thing is like, and going there and doing it for the first time or like being like, I'm not going to do that because someone else did that. So like, not only did I take all these steps to get there, I then have to do something that's 100% original. Yeah. And I think that, that so much of that for me, like in my sobriety, in early sobriety was relating certain, like the 12 steps towards these ideas that, were already in me from skateboarding, right? So it's like, oh, like, what steps does it take to get there? Like, oh, you got to do the work. Like, you got to find the spot. Yeah. You got to have the skill set. You got to go bondo the crack. You know, like, if you're at a higher level, and you got to get the photographer. 
You got to, you know, like, oh, back in the day, you have to get a generator and lights. You know, you got to do the work to get that 1% success rate and be celebrating afterwards, right? Yeah. High-fiving your friends. Yeah. Like, Who the fuck you know, does that? <laughs> yeah. And not only, like, so oh, the, and you're physically abusing yourself the yeah, whole time. So, right? like, this is, like, all right, skateboarders, like, you, can, you guys can do this, right? Like, you're listening, like, you're having problems with alcohol and drugs. You already have the skill set. You have, you're more than capable enough to, like, pick yourself back up and, like, work through your problems and then get to this place where, like, you can be healthier. And then you could still go to that spot and still fucking do that thing. Exactly. You know, like, you have, you have the most important part. You have the mental skill set. Right, like yeah. to, to achieve yeah. that stuff. It's 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 even it's even like before you leave the house. For a lot of people, it's like the outfit, the board, the bolts, the <laughs> wheels, the bearings. You want to take it all the way back to even before you leave the house. So like, I don't know, maybe like this is like armor that you can have when you face like sobriety. It can be like like another tools like. No. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you go out and you're going to go skateboard, like, if something's off in your kit, like, it's going to yeah. drive you nuts. Yeah, why? Like, yeah. Same thing, like, if you're if you're struggling, you need to get something, like, a little bit more dialed in. Like, you, and that's what it's going to take for you to get through the day in a positive mindset. Yeah. Do it. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you need to change your shoelaces yeah, or, like. tweak out a little bit. You know, like, you got to. If you need to get your fancy socks on, to, you I know. know, to get in the right mindset to yeah. be able to take on the world yeah. and do what you got to do, then, then yeah. do it, man. Yeah. Like, uh, no. don't be afraid. Like, uh, yeah. What did I read this funny thing today? You know, like we all do on the internet, meme of some sort. It's like, you know, like people get so worried about what other people think about them, and the fucked up thing is, most people aren't, right? Like, oh, that's terrible, but it's also liberating. Mm -hmm. Right, a lot of so like the takeaway for me is like a lot of these things that we are afraid of are also things that can liberate us, like like other social, mm -hmm. how people see us, like how our peers see us or whatever, and it's just like yeah. you know. And then it's like if you stop worrying about all that stuff and start worrying about like what's important to you, mm -hmm. like a lot of I think a lot of existential. BS goes on in my head, but like we have to attribute our own value systems to the things around us. Yeah. And that's where worth comes from, is yeah. like a belief in what is important to us. Yeah. Because nobody else cares, right? Like I was talking about a friend, like your cat. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares about your cat except you. <laughs> right? Like, but that cat is like super important, right? Like, yeah. That's like life. Like this is your life. Like what is important to you? Yeah. Do what you gotta do, you know? Like, yeah. Because it's, and realize that it's only important to you. Like you're the only one. Like, like you can do what like all the great things you want to do yeah. within reason, right? Like, yeah. but you know, it helps to be. It's pretty awesome when you're sober because you can enjoy it. Yeah. You can actually do it. Like you can, you know, you have a lot of choices. You have all yeah. the choices, yeah. right? Like when you're addicted, you don't have a lot of choice, right? Right? Like, you got one choice. You're like chasing that addiction, right? Like, do I call that number? That yeah. guy, or do I call this other guy? Oh shit! Like I called them both. Now I'm like, yeah. out even more money. Like, what yeah. kind I mean, of choices? You don't have, are those? And then your bot, your your body is like your worst enemy. I mean, you can't sustain. 
you don't, you can't choose to have a hangover. <laughs> you're not. I mean, you can. If you're like drinking, it's gonna happen. You're gonna you know miss out because like you can't wake up from a bender and be like, all right, let's go. Like that's not happening. Oh, like I, in forty years, you know, the worst I felt besides like the occasional flu. In four like, years that you've been sober. Oh, so sobriety, like yeah. Every day, no matter, I work my ass off. Anybody who actually knows me knows that it's like borderline like, problem, right? Like, <laughs> but like, I enjoy it, so it's like, it's a lot more rewarding for me. It's okay. not like, oh, I hate going to work. Like, if I hated doing what I do, then it'd be different, right? But I actually enjoy it. And when I was using, I was younger, I could party all night and work all day, right? And I then it got to the that. point where I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. But it got to the point where it's like, oh, like, you know, your body can't sustain that much because you're an addict. You, your dosage is going up. Yeah. And then towards the end, and I'm getting older. Like, I've never felt so bad in my life that staying up all night and going to work. Right. Since being sober, I've never even come close to those feelings. Like, you know, the worst feeling I have going back to work that might be a little bit excessive work week or crazy work week i'm a little bit tired yeah that's it i'm tired yeah I'm, it's going to be a two coffee day yeah <laughs> like i can deal with that yeah. you know i the stuff i put my body through i can deal with like how i am sober yeah. right like yeah. this like what i put my body through drinking and drugging i can deal with sober like the physical effects you know cuz it, it doesn't compare right like yeah. i remember being so dehydrated and so, like, kind of getting freaked out, like one should. Like, if your hands are cramping into a ball and just going, because you've done too much cocaine and going, I wonder if my heart's doing this. Yeah. You know, like, that's real. Like, yeah. that happened to me, like, mo many times. Like, that's weird. Oh. Like, oh, like, that could be my heart. Like, that, yeah. that's how much, you know, nobody really knows this because it's not like, hey, mom, guess what? <sighs> yeah, like, it was, it was bad. Now, um, maybe I need an... I need another coffee, yeah. right? Like, yeah. oh, like, that's not too bad. <laughs> that's not too bad. And, yeah, it's yeah, I can put in with that mindset. That's why I probably work and do so much yeah. with my time now because yeah. I'm so grateful that I have the time. You have the time. It's good to get, figure it out because there's all the time in the world to do whatever you want, you know? But <laughs> it's never too late. And I mean, like, look, keep trying, man, right? Like, it's not. It takes a few tries. Yeah. You know, you, like just because you didn't land it that first time. I know. It's like making a good video part. <laughs> it doesn't happen overnight, man. It takes three years now, you know, or yeah. whatever. Like, I don't know what it takes anymore. But. I don't know. The kid's really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. But, you know, I mean, and like you're making your podcast and stuff, like yeah. all this stuff. You can do all this stuff. Yeah. Don't be afraid, you know, yeah. like yeah. don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't yeah. be afraid of like what? Yeah. And Don't be afraid of succeeding. I've had a couple friends reach out to me like, and I've said this to them. I was like, what's the worst that's going to happen? If, if you have to go to AA or rehab or whatever, yeah. like what's the worst that's going to happen? They're like, You're already uh, there now. Like, You're there. What is the worst? What's the worst thing that's possibly could happen if you got, you're going to get sober? That's not a bad thing. No. Like that's the, that's the only outcome. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the only thing that could change. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Give it a shot. I know. I never thought about that. Like, if you're talking to someone who, who's like, you know, because I've never had 
to be part of an intervention. But it might be like, yeah, I mean, what you're, you know, you're out drinking every day. Like, if you fail, you're already, like, you're just going to be back to here, which is, unless you want to stay that way, like, you know, <laughs> it's like falling off a three stair versus, like, I don't fucking know. What All right. Are you ever call up somebody, ask for free product? Yeah. Right? Like, it's just like that. Like, all right. Well, I don't know if I want to call them up and hit them up for like a set of wheels. Like, who fucking cares? Yeah. What are they going to say? No, you still don't have wheels. Yeah. Right? <laughs> what if they say yes? Like, oh, what if it works for you and you get sober? Like, yeah. that's not bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. What? That's not something to be afraid of. I know. You know? Like, yeah. Don't be afraid of trying. <laughs> Hey guys, I just wanted to say thanks for sticking through the podcast. I really appreciate Pat sharing his story and his words of support and wisdom having gone through the 12-step program and coming out on the other side with pretty good toolbox that he's able to tackle life with. And I recommend if you're going through some shit, to get those tools that you need, pick them up at your local AA meeting and uh, start to put your life back together. Yeah, on another note, I just wanted to mention again, drop me a line anytime, one more try podcast at gmail.com. Please share your stories of how you're getting along, staying sober through this trying period. Yeah, man, tough stuff. But on one side, eating a lot, cooking a lot, Staying in, doing yoga, still going out, riding the bike, riding the board occasionally around, not too close to other people. Got to keep it six feet. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, still got to stay healthy out there. Just wanted to let you guys know our next guest on the next episode will be Danny Renaud of Habitat fame and pro skateboarder now for politic brand. Yeah, I was down in Florida, uh, I guess end of January of 2020, and was able to meet up with Danny for a quick conversation. So make sure you stay tuned for that. I will be posting updates on the Instagram page. That's it for now. Until next time, give it one more try. <laughs>